2: Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joined as always, my co-host Nick Villato. As we roll on today with our draft coverage, we wanted to bring back a show that was very popular last year that we didn't know was going to be popular. We were kind of throwing it out there. It was against what we, not against, but different from what we normally do. And everyone seemed to love it and wanted more. And so we tried to find a way to incorporate some more gambling, betting stuff into our own content. A little, like I remember me and Nick talking about a couple weeks after that, we didn't really have a good way for it. So we said, screw it. Let's not try to do that. Let's not try to be who we aren't. Let's instead just bring back on the expert and let him do his thing. So we're bringing back on Elliot, Chris, to talk draft props with us, betting, everything of that nature. So thank you again for joining us, Elliot. And tell us a little bit about your new role, because I saw it pop on Twitter. I was like, damn, bro, Matthew Barry, let's do this. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm
3: I'm excited to be back. It's it's draft season. Um, I tried to explain some of the bets and why I bet them to my fiance last night, and she's like, uh, "Just tell me if you won or lost. None of this <laughs> makes sense to me." Um, anyway, but yeah, I'm really no, I excited to share I'm, that information. I'll be keeping that. <laughs> <for> you. <laughs> you guys have a great show, but I I'm not sure this is the kind of podcast that she's tuning in for. Um, but. <laughs> No, yeah, I'm really, really excited to partner up with Matthew Barry and get that CEO position. I mean, listen, you break into this space, you you have no idea kind of the directions it's going to go. And to partner with someone like him who's got an amazing reputation, obviously, is like the, the figurehead of the industry. Uh, we're rebuilding his entire newsletter and website. We're going to come out. Everything's going to be 100% free. A lot of tools that people charge for are going to be on the site. And just a customized newsletter experience that's in your inbox every morning. Uh, with filled with fantasy football and betting uh, information. Um, you can go to fantasylife.com and sign up for the newsletter. Everything, again, is 100% free. I will say that we're going to relaunch everything in July. We're really, really excited about all of that. Um, the newsletter will look completely different. It's going to be a new year, new us, and we're going to do some things in this industry that I think are really going to shake it up, and I'm very excited to be, uh, be a big part of it.
1: I interned for them, Elliot, uh, a couple years ago with Yasin and Stacy. I'm not sure if they're still there, though.
3: Uh, so that's that is a little confusing. The Fantasy Life newsletter and the Fantasy Life app are different products. So the Fantasy Life okay. app is owned by Betsperts. This is owned by Matthew Barry. So it's it's two. It, he sold he he owned the Fantasy Life brand because of the book he launched or sold and uh, was on the New York Times bestseller. Created kind of two companies within it and they split out. So one got sold. That's the Fantasy Life app and this is Fantasy Life. It's confusing. I will just say yeah. this. The Fantasy Life app is awesome. The Fantasy Life website and newsletter will be fantastic.
2: Yeah, I find a lot of value in these newsletters. I'm running one myself for CBS Sports, and there's a lot of more people than you think who want that in their inbox. Look, it's very, it's a very digestible way to get the content you need, especially with what I assume your newsletter will be, and I'm sure it will be, which is just nuggets digestible content not a lot of filler and that's what people want right now and so i'm excited to read it especially because i love to give any props to you elliot and and matthew berry because he's the one who got me into fantasy in the first place which kind of launched this entire career for me so let's talk draft though that's what the people want to hear the people want to know where to place their money where to place their bets and so first i want to make this a little giant specific i want to know from your standpoint because me and nick talk all the time about these giants picks at number five and seven overall but we don't speak on it from a betting standpoint right we don't look at these odds which can tell you a story I mean just look back at the 2019 draft with Daniel Jones how those odds dramatically change and so on and so forth so are you getting or have you seen any uh, odd trend or odds trends or anything that you've noticed that would suggest that you think the Giants are leaning toward a specific player or position at number five overall
3: yeah, so NFL draft betting is a beast, unlike anything else, right? I, I'm I'm gonna answer your question. I promise that. I just I kind of want to lay the scene. There, there's a couple things that happen. One is p- their odds move like crazy because it's an informational best based thing, right? Like it's the one thing where laying minus 500 probably doesn't get you killed all the time because in sports crazy things happen. But certain guys we know are going in the first round or whatever. People just are scared to lay the juice um and then so you'll see a lot of lines move crazy and some people bet into the steam you kind of want to get in there beforehand right so like if a guy was plus 500 and now he's plus 200 doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be there just means that the value on that number was probably great which is what ultimately you're trying to do you're trying to get as much value throughout all these different scenarios because the giants may love evan neal but then all of a sudden, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, for some reason, is there. And then Evan Neal was in all the. That's who they were going to take. And then somehow Hutch fell. Right. Um, so I think that that aspect of it's very important. And then one of the questions you're going to ask, that I think, is really important to, to lay out as well is how do you make draft props? And like, how do you know whose information is good? And that takes probably years of studying. One of the things I've learned is there's a lot of names in this industry. And when they say something on shows or anything like that, you'll see the odds move because the books respect them and big gamblers respect them. And there's a, there's a other big names in this industry that say certain things are going to happen. The odds don't move at all. Uh, You probably want to pay attention to when certain people talk, the odds move Uh, (laughs) people who are putting money on it and people whose job it is to balance the books are paying a lot of attention to that. The Daniel Jeremiah's of the world, when he says something, it matters a lot. Um, no no shade thrown to Mel Kuiper at all. But you know, you want to understand when people are doing different mock drafts as well. Like some of them are for, well, this is what I would do, or this is like these are fun scenarios because we have to keep it fresh the whole time. So I just think that's all really important. All that being said, the the odds really dictate that the Giants are looking in on two players. Um and they're both tackles, right? Whether it's Evan Neal or um Eckham. And like there's there's talk about sauce, right? Obviously, Bradbury, the, the questions with him and the fact that they probably want a corner. Um, Stingley has shot up the board the last few days in terms of the seventh overall pick. There's talks that Gardner may go three or four. Now Lovey Smith and uh has never drafted a corner in the first round, but this is it's really tough with the regime changes, right? And you were talking about before Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. There's been a history of Dave Gettleman kind of leaking who the Giants were going to take. We don't have that this year. We do have uh, a Bills organization that historically did trade up for guys that they were very interested for. I think I think there's a chance that the Giants are actually a trade-up possibility uh, because I think the guy that everyone thought was going one all year long or recently was Aiden Hutchinson. Trayvon Walker – I think it's going to go first overall. Mm. And I think once Hutch falls, the Lions are going to be sitting there and people are going to say, well, he went to Michigan. That's that area. Where's that going to go? I think that spot becomes live because I think the Lions like two guys. I think they like Kevon on And I think they like Malik Willis. Um, and that's the thing that's so interesting about this draft compared to everybody. And I know this is an incredibly long-winded answer, but typically we have our top quarterbacks that set the tone for the entire draft. This year, you, you see Willis go as high as two, pick it at six, and then the first quarterback off the board at 20 to the Steelers. So it, it changes so much, and there's so much movement, and there's so little to go off of. But the Giants are in such a strong position here because ultimately I think they walk away with two two positions in the top seven, potentially trade down too. Uh, but tackle, and I don't think it's going to be Charles Cross. Um Potentially edge if Thibodeau falls to five. And he's gotten a lot of steam. His number was five and a half. It's already dropped to four and a half. And the juice, which means the, the more money, whenever you say juice, it means the more money you have to lay, which means the the odds imply that it is going to happen, are, is now on the under four and a half. Um, he's, Thibs is actually the favorite for the second overall pick right now, um, which is interesting because Hutch, Hutch's odds to go one have really dropped. But, haven't really dropped for two and thibs have so it's interesting um but if i had to guess right now i think evan neal is going to be the fifth pick in the draft for the new york giants and i think the seventh pick in the draft is going to be stingley uh out of lsu uh for the the giants and right now that if you hit on that combination specifically it's 40 to 1 on Fandle.
2: and you probably can also get stingley at good odds i haven't checked it out i should take a look but stingley at seven overall i'm gonna take a look right now as we speak this is bad radio one i believe For the Giants. Let's see. Yeah, what did you
3: say it was? 13 to 1 last
2: time I checked. 13 to 1 on DraftKings. I think that is. Let's take a look. Bad radio. I know. I apologize. I just want to find this. 12 to 1 right now on DraftKings. So pretty damn good odds. If you want to throw, and I think that's pretty good bet. I mean, I think there's a better than 12 to 1 chance that they do go Stingley. If Gardner goes earlier or even if not because Stingley could be viewed as just a better fit for the system there's a good enough chance that that could happen I mean we know the Giants we've talked about this throughout the podcast me and Nick we know the Giants want to put a priority on these on these cornerbacks these man coverage cornerbacks and he can do that so that's interesting to me Elliot I want to talk a little bit about one thing that stood out to me too and I'm curious to get your take Nick if you have any other draft odds that stood out to you but one thing I'm interested in is uh Trayvon Walker the under three and a half that he, his draft position right now is three and a half. And the juice is heavy on the, on the side suggesting that he will go within those first three picks. Now, if like you said, what happens happens and or you think Trayvon Walker goes one overall, if that doesn't happen though, is, is there any chance? Cause I haven't seen much buzz for either of those teams picking at two and three to go Walker. So if they don't go Walker at one, I feel like it's almost like, <laughs> seems like a slam dunk to me that he'll, that you'll hit that over and you're getting good juice on it.
3: Um, I've heard that. the Texans are very interested in him. Okay. That's one of the things I've heard. Um, I don't think he's in play for the Lions. I think he should, there, there's not really many secrets about it. he's Trent balky's guy, and you know Balke. This is an interesting narrative I heard, but it actually makes sense because Balke hates Harbaugh, and Harbaugh's <laughs> like star player is Hutchinson. Right. <laughs> like it's one of those things where people don't realize, but like grudges. These people are human beings. They do play a role in things. I don't want
2: to cut you off, but especially when we're talking about bulky, right? Like this is a yes. Dave Gettleman level bad GM. He's the worst GM in the sport right now. And he's kind of on a tier of his own.
3: Yes. Um, I got Walker at minus 140 to go under three and a half like a month ago. Yeah. So it's now minus 250. Yeah. I have a fair amount of money on Walker. First overall at plus three fifty. I hit it again today at plus one ninety five. Um, I think by this time next week he'll be minus two hundred or minus three hundred to go first overall.
2: Wow, there you go. I mean, that has 100%. to be the best bet. Just based on that, you're getting plus one ninety right now for something that LA thinks is gonna drop
3: to I have I have a hundred percent lock, but you have to be willing to put up a lot of money.
2: Oh, I like to hear that. We need to get to your 100% lock. You know what? That's not easy. Let's just do it right now. What's your 100% lock so I can get my phone going right now, <laughs> log on to my app,
3: and make So sure this I one's So this one's not fun. This one's not fun. But so this is what I was talking about before in terms of laying heavy juice. Trevor Penning, he's been connected as high as the Seahawks at nine. Uh, he's a tackle. Uh, his over under right now is 16 and a half, minus 150 on the under. He's connected to a ton of teams between 10 and 20, or 9 and 20. Um, I've even heard that the Cowboys basically said he won't fall past us and that they're looking to trade up to get him. He's only minus 500 to go in the first round, which implies about an 80% probability. But what we're really looking at is about a 99% probability. He basically needs to not break the law and not get injured for the next eight days. So FanDuel, this is something that's brand new, actually now allows you to parlay some of this stuff. So on FanDuel, you can parlay guys that go in the top five. You can't cross these, but you can just do these individual ones. You can parlay guys that go in the top five. You can parlay guys that go in the top ten. And you can parlay guys who go in the first round overall. So on FanDuel, you can take – What's his name? The corner out of Washington. I'm blanking on it. Trent um, McDuffie. McDuffie. Yeah, McDuffie. You can take him who's over under 17 and a half and Penning's over under who's 16 and a half and get minus 270 odds, which implies you know about 66%. That's closer to 99% too. And so it's just, you have to be willing to put up the capital. But the way I look at it is this isn't like three or four months. If I can get a 20% return or whatever over nine days, there's not a stock I wouldn't buy at a 20% return. So those are the two boring bets. I'll give you some long shots I like too, but uh, I just want to throw those out there. I like those bets a lot, especially with penning. It's like you're never going to – penning's not
2: dropping today too. It's just when you have that kind of – I'm not a huge fan of petting, and I know Nick isn't either, but that's not the point. The point is when you have that body type, that length, that athleticism, a team is going to take a chance on you. Colton Miller was a player a few drafts ago who I didn't think belonged in the first round. I was dead wrong on him because he had incredible athleticism, incredible length, and a moldable tackle. And he ended up going so high in the draft, and I'm like, wow, a team took Colton Miller over Derwin James makes no sense to me. But it didn't matter. Not only did Colton Miller become a good player, he was drafted there. That's the point we're trying to make here. And I think you're spot on with Penning. I'm going to take that straight up at minus 500. I don't even need a parlay. I'll I'll lay the odds.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
3: Yeah, it's it's one well, like I put I put two thousand dollars on it. No, that's a that's a big bet for me. It's a very I I typically bet between one uh, hundred and two dollars, one hundred and uh, two hundred dollars. Twenty units bet. you but put on
2: that bad boy! Wow,
3: that's that's technically twenty units, right? This is my this is my Vegas um, <laughs> Dave Whale lock of the century yeah. twenty unit play that I've never done before. But literally for me, it was just the I felt it was a free four hundred dollars. Right, And I like that. Elliot,
1: I have eight. a yeah, Elliot. I have a quick question, just because we're talking about offensive tackles. What are the odds saying about all three of those tackles being available to the New York Giants at pick five? Uh,
3: it's pretty. I mean, Eckham's I- odds have moved. He was a heavy favorite to be a top three pick. Evan Neal opened originally at over under one and a half. He's all the way up to four and a half. Um, I don't think either one will go one or two. I think there's a chance one goes three. It's really interesting. Um, I think Dave Brugler really hammered home how much work the Texans have done on Stingley and Gardner. Mm. Um, I think I don't think the Jets are going to go tackle at four. So I think there's a really good chance the Giants have their pick of their litter. The thing that'll be interesting, and I'm I don't think this will happen, but is if both tackles are there and Sauce Gardner's there. Um. I think they would go sauce at five. Uh, he's another guy whose odds dictate. Like, he shot up boards. He opened at eight and a half. He went to seven and a half. Now he's at five and a half. And the juice is on the under five and a half. That consistent movement tells you that. Like I bet him originally his first corner. And then two days ago, Fox bet, by the way, <laughs> is a great place to find stale lines. Oh, so wow. everyone had. Gardner under seven and a half at like minus two eighty, and Foxbett had him at minus one forty. Uh, so love gotta love a stale line. Yes, Um, but I think Giants at seven are, is Sauce's absolute floor. But I think there's there's probably like a thirty five percent chance that both that all the tackles are there. Wow, and that'll be that'll be perfect news for the Giants fans, I'm sure,
2: who are listening to this. We all want one of those tackles at five. I want to run a few more by you, but before I do that, I want to. And these are just ones I'm kind of flirting with, but before I do that, I want to see if you hit any of them already. And maybe if you can list off some of the other drop draft props that you've bet already, or that you like, and that you're considering.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to make sure that I find ones that are still currently available because I've been doing this for like three months every day. The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning <laughs> is check NFL draft bets. Um, so uh, I love Stingley's under. I think you can get it at eleven and a half right now. I got it at twelve and a half. The Vikings yep. are his absolute floor, but he's getting so much buzz. And basically, there all of his concerns were that his film wasn't great the last couple of years, and was he healthy? He tested out, proved he was healthy. Now you hear all the teams leaking. There are no concerns. It's basically everyone's trying to clear the path of we need to celebrate that this guy two years ago would have be considered the top player in the draft. So I love Stingley there. Um, I really like uh, Garrett Wilson's under 10 and a half um, that's getting juiced at the, you, again you want to shop around around for lines. I love Aiden Hutchinson over one and a half that's another way uh, to go. Uh, you can get him between plus 140 and plus 180 over one and a half. Um, I like unders uh, I don't like any running backs to get drafted in the first round the whole thing is that Buffalo is going to take one. They're six to one to take a running back. So if you really want a better running back in the first round, go that direction. But um, one one bet I got plus money that's now like minus 280, but again, it's going to happen, is over five and a half wide receivers. That was plus money originally. That's Now it's dead. Not Once Jeremiah said there's going to be
2: seven coming off the board, that was it for that.
3: It's also – just look at the league, right? Like quarterbacks yeah. shot up because of the value of the rookie contract, but now a rookie wide receiver contract is going to be the second most valuable contract. And yeah. so I think you want to keep that in mind when you look at players across the board. What well, can you get um, that
2: at now? The, the wide receiver over under,
3: I think the lowest one I saw as of like this morning was minus two twenty. Okay. Um, which I think is still worth betting. Okay. Um, I like Panthers first pick offensive line. That was two to one. Um, I point. don't think they're going to end up taking a quarterback. I think they're going to take an offensive lineman or trade back or trade back and take an offensive lineman. Uh, I think the Kenny, the Kenny Pickett thing, like I like his over was nine and a half now, 12 and a half. Uh, I forget who came out and said it today, but they said if the Panthers don't take Pickett, there's a decent chance he doesn't go in the first round. Um, I love exactly. the Steelers are kind of the new Giants. Or I guess the continuation of the Giants where they let you know what they're gonna do, right? Like <laughs> everyone knew Najee was going to the Steelers last year. Yeah. They love Malik Willis. Uh they were kind of all in on a quarterback. You get that at plus 175. I like that. Um two, I literally just I was two minutes late to the show, and it's because DraftKings dropped draft props uh two minutes before the show. Um so I took Sky Moore over 34 and a half. Um, I know uh, Daniel J- Jeremiah said seven wide receivers. I think that's definitely possible. I think that should be probably closer to 40 and a half. And then I took, honestly, oh, you know what? I'm going to give you a random one. Okay. That I I love. That.
2: Let's do a random one.
3: Um, th- this is a different one. Matt, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Ariza. Um,
1: Hunter from San Diego State. <laughs>
3: The oh, San Diego State punter. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice. Call. First plus special 50. teams player drafted is oh. plus one hundred and fifty. The next closest guy is plus five hundred, and he's like the first special teams guy drafted in every single mock draft. The um, the Penn State dude. Uh, I honest to God don't even wait, know wait. what school. You're, he you're
2: is. saying the plus five hundred is the is the San Diego is the cool. San Diego State or the Penn State?
3: Plus one hundred and fifty is Matt Ariza, and that's who you like. or you like the plus five hundred? No, I like the plus one hundred and fifty okay, okay, for gotcha, gotcha. first. Uh, so that, there you go, a little day three sweat route <laughs> yeah. for punters.
2: I like that a day three sweat. You <laughs> gotta like
3: that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, pen, uh, penning that. to be a top ten pick is another one I don't mind. Um, I think that's plus seven hundred, plus eight hundred. Um, there are a few guys that I got that like are gone. Like I got Jameson Williams to be the first wide receiver at ten. Oh, to I one love that. Season. Plus 160. I got uh Brees Hall to be the number one running back at plus two hundred. That's my own, now minus two fifty. Um, I got Malik Willis at first quarterback at plus two hundred, that's now minus one fifty. So like I don't the 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 odds are kind of have killed those values. Let me ask you something about one of those bets you said.
2: Cause you said Wilson, you like under ten and a half, right? But you also like Williams is the first receiver taken. Do you think there's going to be two receivers taken before or receiver taken before the Jets? Yeah, I think the okay. Falcons will take a receiver. The Falcons, you're saying receiver? Okay, and that.
3: that, and I didn't. I don't even necessarily think Williams is going to be the first receiver off the board. Just ten to one was way too. Like his mm-hmm. odds are appropriate now. It'll be him, London, or Wilson, right?
2: And I and it would be- have
3: been him hands down if he didn't tear his ACL. Oh, without a doubt. I think Williams Williams
2: is my wide receiver one in Knicks as well. And I think the ACL, some teams are going to just throw that out as as not important and draft them higher anyway. So I, I'm with you on that. And I think the best one you hit to me is just getting Sauce early and getting Stingley early. And I do think there's still value on Stingley under 11 and a half. Think of like the recent past drafts, how much money has been made betting these unders for these Island corners. Cause they're so rare. There's like one or two in every draft JC horn under last year. I made a ton of money off of, I bet it twice when it kept moving the year before I forgot who it was CJ Henderson. That was another good one that I know was just easy money. These are just easy money. You take them with, they're going. CJ the Henderson
3: draft. opened at nine to one to go top 10 in wow. that draft. Uh, JC horn was 16 to one to be the first defender drafted and eight to one to be the first corner. I think his over under opened at 13 and a half. And, I mean, the people I talked to, basically, the Panthers said he's not falling past us. The Cowboys said he's not falling. And there's yeah. like five straight teams were like, there's no way he makes it past us. And I was like, wait, I get all five of these teams? <laughs> and you're right. Like Stingley's value, best value was 12 and a half. But that doesn't mean that 11 and a half is not a great value right now.
1: And speaking yeah. of quarterbacks too, Elliot, I wanted to ask you, I think on DraftKings it's set at four and a half. Would you take the over with guys like Kyler Gordon and – Higher Elam kind of gaining steam as we get closer to the draft.
3: Yeah, um, I think Elam's going to be a first round pick. Um, they're they're right there, right? I think Gordon opened up at plus two hundred to go in the first round. He's down closer to like plus one twenty. Um, there's there's what there's three guys that are definitely going in round one, right? Yes. Yeah. And then there's another. Booth is likely to go in round one with a prop of 26 and a half. And then you've got three or four other guys on that cusp. So you need one of those guys to go. Whenever I bet something like this, I want to have at least two outs. If you're telling me I have three or four outs, I like it. Oh, I love the outs talk. That's like poker talk right there, which I'm a huge fan of. Um,
2: I want to throw a few more by you and just see if you you can either go with no no comment or like you don't care indifferent you like or you dislike so i want to say the first one to me nicobe dean over 28 and a half i just don't see teams making the patrick queen mistake again not to say they're the same prospect but to me they're similar and there's way too many other players who i think could be taken within that top 29
3: thoughts i i have not bet on him he's one of these interesting case studies for me where okay everything right now is that he's not going round one like. Almost too much, where some team is trying to get that out there. Okay, uh, but the all the odds, uh, the juice is on the over. Like gun to my head, I'm taking the over. But I just, I think, so, especially like it's N'Kobe Dean at the end of the first round. Like, why is this like the talk of all? top draft people like they they all got told the same thing and they all reported it it's just yeah. interesting to me but i would lean is over
2: it's interesting all right what about Devonte wyatt i like the over 29 and a half with all the weird stuff coming out right now about his off field stuff and the fact that he's an interior defensive
3: lineman anyway so when we talk about moving quickly yeah. so caesars shout out to caesars because they go out on their own randomly and if you can catch them when they come out Wyatt opened up at 14 and a half oh my god um, so That's nice. I, That's
2: not there anymore, is it?
3: No, I got it five <laughs> minutes after it opened and it was already at 20 and a half. And then I went back and hit it an hour later. Again, it was 22 and a half. And then the domestic violence thing came out the next day. I think Walter football reported that and Interestingly enough, that hasn't picked up a ton of traction. Yeah. Um, but it's gone to as low as 31 and a half bounced to 29 and a half. I mean, interior defensive lineman fall. Yep. Interior defensive linemen who have off-field issues f- fall further, right? So um, I think there's a good chance he falls out of the first round. Yeah,
2: me too. Good. You like that one. I thought Kyler Gordon, I saw this on DraftKings, 33 and a half. I thought that was a weirdly low over-under for Kyler Gordon. I like him, by the way. This this is the other corner out of Washington. but. To say that he's going to go off the board within the first two picks of that second day, I guess it's possible the back end of the first round, but I don't know. What are you, if you have any thoughts on that one?
3: So, um, I, I talked to a lot of different people. Um, and I, one of the reasons I have sources is because I never tweet them out, right? Like that's how I keep mine. I'm, <laughs> I'm certainly know um, Daniel Jeremiah, where I got 98 different people hitting me up, but one person and I've, I've seen him tweet it out, which is why I feel comfortable um, talking about it. But Ben Solak, who I think is arguably the best draft analyst that I've I've read uh likes him to go on round one and gotcha. so I took that at plus 200 okay. but I like kind of but that again implies a 33 percent probability now at minus 115 I don't know if the the Jaguars and Lions really bail me out if those are good outs to get it at minus 115 and now I'm looking at uh, you know a 54 percent probability that's a huge that's a 21 difference right so right. I wouldn't play it at that number
2: Okay.
1: what what about Big Jordan Davis? I've seen him gain steam in the top 15 and his over is set at 14 and a half. Where would you where would you go in that direction?
3: So, this is one of the funny parts about this time of year is that we are now up to at least 25 guys whose floor is 15, right They're all going top 15. Exactly. right um, Josh Norris has made a really compelling compelling argument for his under. But I think it's more about the fact that the Panthers made a mistake drafting Brown in top yeah. seven um, than Jordan Davis's. I mean, he's got an amazing athletic profile. So, and you've also heard the Ravens are his floor, which is great because it's 14 and a half. I got it over 13 and a half at plus one oh two. Now the over uh, fourteen and a half is now minus money. I wouldn't take it at this number because I think he's gonna go in that 14 to 17 range. Um, 13 is probably his ceiling. I don't think he's sneaking in the top 10. Um, I don't think he's going to go to Washington. I don't think Minnesota is going to take him. I could see Houston taking him though. You're rebuilding your franchise. I don't know if interior defensive as a Jets fan, I can tell you for a fact, interior defensive line is probably not the way to start. (laughs) Um, but he might make a lot of sense for the Ravens. But that's one of those situations where if you do want his under, I'm probably waiting to get the Ravens take X player. Or even if I like his under, I might just look at what are the Ravens to take a defensive lineman. They're probably plus 200, plus 250. That's probably a better way to take his under. There's so many different ways to bet the NFL draft. You want to check all the markets. And these books will be stale. So one of the things that you can catch them on is like they might update um a player's over under from 11 and a half to nine and a half but not changes top 10 odds hmm. so you always want to check those things as well that's like a that's a little draft tip like jermaine johnson was a guy that went from 10 and a half to nine and a half and his under nine and a half cracked up to like minus 180 it's it's kind of come down a little bit you could get him to go top 10 at minus 120 so you're telling me i get an extra pick and right. i lay 60 cents less of juice that's amazing. Cool. <laughs> it's because the books haven't correlated all those different things because it's only the draft that they need to do it. And they haven't spent the time to do it. Well, that's cool. that's good to know. I like that little draft tip.
2: Do you have any feel, by the way on any of these, how many players are going to come from a conference in round one bets, the ACC four and a half, I kinda like the under there. I like the over with six and a half big ten. And I kinda like the under with ten and a half SEC. I think there's a good chance some of these back end SEC guys, Burks being one of them, and there's a few others, including the two interior guys from Georgia that we just talked about. That I think could end up falling at potentially out of the first round. Ten and a half seems like a lot to me.
3: Yeah. And the longer a guy like Jordan Davis falls, the more it means that Wyatt falls too, in my right. opinion, because positional runs are a real thing. Just like if Sauce goes three, it moves Stingley up the yep. board. Um I haven't looked at those particular ones that that well. The way I would do it though is I would literally, um, I think two of the best websites are NFL Mock Draft Database, where you can see all the different uh, history, uh, the data from all the different mocks, and uh, GrindingTheMocks.com, and you can see different guys' EDPs, and you basically want to see all right who are the guys in the top 40, 42? because once you get past that, they're probably not first rounders outside of like, right, you know, crap shot how many guys do we see? Like, let me lock, who are my locks? Do I have like seven sec locks and five maybes? Do I have nine sec locks and six? You know what I mean? Like that's how I would approach all of that and start to just get on the the right side. And you know, like you said before, betting the draft is probably more like poker than any other event where you can uh, you're just trying to have as many outs as possible. You're trying to play the probabilities. Not everything is like a sure thing. You're just trying to play the odds and, if you bet it throughout the whole process, you can lock yourself into guaranteed profits.
2: Well, I'd love to hear that. And look, it's been a lot of fun, Elliot. I know you're, I want to be cognizant of your time, so I don't want to keep you here forever. Is there any other final advice you'd give fans uh, of the NFL draft or who want to get into betting the draft right now, um, other than what we've already given them?
3: Yeah, well, let me let me say that, like, one, uh, Anthony Amico, I don't know if you guys uh, follow him on Twitter or not, but uh, he works over at ETR on the draft. That man, I think I bet the draft a lot. Uh, he makes me look like I don't bet the draft. He is an incredible resource. Um, and what I would say is, like, the, the biggest thing is get don't care. And I know I started the show with this, but I think it's a great way to do it too. Use data to help make your decisions. Understand, like, ex- draft ranges. Understand outs. Understand, too, that when you, you bet a guy to go sixth overall or what seventh overall right don't necessarily just assume the giants can be there like it's interesting the panthers are a trade down spot what if the giants are set at seven we know who they want to take and uh the falcons love garrett wilson well the panthers aren't going to draft a wide receiver but the panthers might not pick at six and all of a sudden jameson williams is 80 to one to go sixth overall right there's little things like that you don't want to necessarily assume that teams are going to take those positions but the the biggest mistake that people make when betting the NFL draft is thinking their valuations on a prospect matter, and they matter in other aspects: dynasty, you know, potential success, fun of the draft, understanding prospects, mm-hmm. making great um, talk radio podcasts, whatever it is. But when it comes to betting the draft, it's it's one of the reasons why I've stopped watching film because it literally costs me money.
1: And Elliot, uh, I actually want to ask you just before we get you out of here, of just we know you're an avid Jets fan, right? Your team also has two top 10 picks. So where would you like the Jets to go?
3: Well, I have Sauce at 16-1 to one to be the fourth overall pick. So I'm going to go Sauce at yeah. four.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love it, dude.
3: <laughs> so uh, because the Jets are going to be terrible next year, just give me my $800. Um, <laughs> but honestly, the if I'm the, the Jets, the things that – the only thing that matters, and this is why I like them going after Tyree Kill is does Zach is Zach Wilson good? And yeah. can we set him up to be good? I don't care if they give up nine hundred points. The AFC is loaded. They're not they're not competing next year. The only chance they have is for Zach Wilson to hit a ceiling. And so I think you need to do everything you can to surround him with talent. So for me, they need to leave the top ten with one of Garrett Wilson, Drake London, or Jameson Williams, or it's a failure. At four, like I love Thibodeau's talent, I think he makes a lot of sense. I think having a shutdown corner and Sauce Gardner makes a lot of sense, even if traditionally we don't draft that high. I also think that Ekam or Neil makes it a lot of sense. Of well, George Fant is he great? I don't. Know, he had an okay. He had a solid year. That doesn't. He's got much, many more bad years than good years, right. and he's got one year left on his contract. And you know, there's question marks surrounding Beckton, uh, which is interesting because last year he was the franchise player, gets hurt in week one doesn't play the season and now it's all the issues you have with them so i'd have no issue attacking a tackle there too um and i know they signed uh uzama and conklin but i would love for them to add like a trey mcbride i would love if they're not even scared to add two receivers in this draft like uh out of breeze hall on the top of the second round like anything i don't care if the jets give up 900 points (laughs) next year they they need to do You need to walk out of next season to know whether or not Zach Wilson is the future, and this draft gives you the opportunity to do that with four top 40 picks.
2: I love it, and it's funny because I remember you saying something very similar last year with regards to the Jets draft. Just build around, and obviously, the idea at that point, when once we had talked, we knew they were kind of taking Wilson at that point, it was a foregone conclusion, and I think you're right when you have that quarterback build around him, which is why it's so weird to me the Jaguars are not taking a tackle with this first pick if they're gonna stay at this pick. I just don't I've never understood this from the start of draft season. It never made sense to me even when they franchise tagged Cam Robinson, who's been pretty terrible to be completely honest. And then they're just they've had all these edges and now all of a sudden they want another edge instead of trying to build around Lawrence. I just I just don't get it.
3: Well, uh, the reason you don't get it is because yeah. of the first thing you said to me is that Trent Baalke is the worst <laughs> yeah. GM in the NFL, yeah. right? Like, so so good one of the biggest, anymore. <laughs> and this is something we talk about in fantasy and DFS and betting that gets people in trouble is the assumption of rational coaching, right? A <laughs> yeah. lot of people assume that because NFL teams pay these guys millions of dollars and they're professionals, that they're good at their jobs. Like, bad franchises stay bad for reasons, right? Like, they continue to make the same mistakes yep. over and over and over again, and, like. Yeah, the Jaguars should take a tackle. It really sh- it shouldn't even be up for debate.
2: Yeah.
3: It shouldn't be up for debate. But they're probably not going to. And like people will tell me, those tweet me, oh, Evan Neal 16 to 1 to go first overall. How much sense does Evan Neal make to me or Trent Baalke? Because yeah. to me, it makes all the sense in the world, but it doesn't matter. And that goes back to getting in trouble. You know what I mean? Yep. I totally get it.
2: All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Elliot. This was awesome again. For everybody else, if you want to follow Elliot, let, let, let the fans know where they can follow you on Twitter so they can be, get your up-to-date bets, and then obviously you went over where they can follow your work.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can uh, subscribe to the newsletter at fantasylife.com backslash newsletter. Would love that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Crist. Uh, good luck spelling that right the first time, but it's 1L, one 1T, one and no H in Crist. Um, and guys, this is this is fantastic. Uh, I actually have a few friends that listen to this show. Um and don't read my work as much. And then (laughs) we'll tell me every time I come on the show, how awesome the show is. Um, so, uh, shout out, shout out to you guys for putting together an amazing show. Well, i love to hear that and shout out to your friends who listen and keep, keep us going.
2: So thanks. Thanks again, Elliot, everybody else have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon.